Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for soul growth. Come journey with us through astrology's energetic cycles and get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello and Happy New Year, because this is the year of the wood wagon. A marvelous, they're all marvelous, but some of them are more fun to think that they're marvelous. And I think this is one, it's always happy to feel good. Later we can go like, well, it wasn't quite, but it was great. And it, this is Tuck Cosmos. I'm Sue Minahan, Sue Rose Minahan. And it is, I think, February 11th, I did not say. And our topic today is the wood dragon. 2024 Lunar New Year. And we have a special guest. Usually this is, and it is, Planet Buzz, but Laura, Dr. Tad, is off on a retreat in Nicaragua. Very exciting. Also, it's a great way to begin the year. And that is a lot of what this is about, it is new beginnings. She'll be on actually as a special guest next week when I have another guest. So check that out. But today, this wood dragon is mystical and transformative. So let me introduce my guest, Jen Ng from Canada. Hi, Jen. This is wonderful to have you. Hi, Jennifer. Sue. <laughs> so yes. lovely to see you and be back. To it is chat true. about the wood dragon. I know. So last exciting. year. We- Thank you. And I'm jumping too out of my skin here, so pardon me. But last year we did 2023, the the wet. It was water, I guess it was wet. The wet rabbit. (laughs) Nobody calls (laughs) it. (laughs) I know. But, you know, my day day, uh, pillar is rabbit, I think. So I have taken kindly to the rabbit. And it's not all the picture. And I'm getting a little complex here, perhaps, but you begin to learn the language. And I want to say that to people, that it is fascinating to learn about Chinese astrology, as it's called, but it's the lunar new moon. And it's celebrated all around the world. Many, 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 a huge, vast number of people. And it's easy to think we know a lot, but like anything, we begin just to step our toes into it. But it becomes somewhat a language. And I'm hoping that with this program, we'll begin to see some parallels of ancient thought that that build. That's how I operate. But as far as the details, it takes time. Let me see. Oh, shall we begin? We'll begin with oh. the slides. <laughs> okay. And here we are. You can reach Jen at Jen Ingress little trick of her name because all the plans ingress and of course you can find this at top cosmos always jen is a western horary forecast forecasting my tongue is in the way and sinistry consultations she takes the west and the east together because she studied with the she practices the four pillars which is bachi i hope i'm saying that right and feng shui in the yellow hat sect because she learned from a master and it's really the lineage of great masters that is attached to so many great educations. And this is definitely from a long legacy important. And therefore it is in the yellow hat sect and that is in Eastern, I believe, 
Western Asia or China, as you were mentioning. And you teach four pillars at the International Academy of Astrology. She has a medical astrology diploma and a horary practitioner from the School of Traditional Astrology. Jen was the host of IAA's Cosmic Pulse podcast. She lectures, which we will see still always at many astrological associations, OPA, NCGR, ESAR, which are acronyms. She is the current secretary for Kepler Toastmasters Club. We're both a member of that, and we do highly recommend it. And a past co-president of, of ATI, which I believe she gave a speech, speak, speech to, which is Atlanta, and you'll see that later with the slide, and the IAA board. And working on research on the 12th house and received the support from OPA Eye Astrologer Research Grant Special Mention. I'm very impressed. It's not easy to do. There's a lot of competition with that. You did well. She completed AFAN, which is now merged with OPA, the mentorship program. There's always room to improve and study, which we all do. And she has a passion for diversity equity, inclusion, environmental justice, and cultural history. So, hi, Jen. It's very exciting. Thank you, Sue. Mm-hmm. And, and myself. Mm, go ahead. Yes. Happy New Year. Gong hei fa choi. Oh, thank you. Oh, I have my little glasses. I'll bring them on for the <laughs> yeah. second half. I'll have to get them. That'll be fun. I'm an eclectic evolutionary astrologer and a consultant workshop facilitator and lecturer. And I founded Talk Cosmos. This is our seventh season. So we have weekly insightful conversations to awaken soul growth. And you can find us on many platforms, YouTube, Facebook, podcasts, and KKNWAM. Yeah, we broadcast over to 750,000 people. Wow. With 35,000 downloads. So we're moving along. That's amazing. I know. Time matures, but we're still in the moment, so it's What does it mean now? Let's find out. This Lunar New Year began, and again, this is really a new world of understanding because there is the sun and there is the moon involved, but it's standard. It begins around the 4th, which it did this year, could be the 3rd, 4th, 5th, and it goes until next year on the 3rd, and we are in a yang, that's assertive, wood dragon. And I love this. I had to research why. Well, ancients, it's a very ancient culture. And it's like things need to be renewed. Life renews. So let's remove the bad and the old and bring in the new and, and the good. Yes. I want to thank you for this authentic depiction of the Chinese wood dragon because it's a quite a distinct dragon. It's unlike in the West uh, typically, dragons in in China, in Chinese folklore, mythology, most of the time, dragons are benevolent. And um, there are rituals, uh, petitions to, to ask the dragon for help um, in times of drought, because the dragon... There are many different types of dragons. Um, they all reside in the water, but 
there are certain jobs that certain dragons do. And one of them is the rainmaker. And the drag, this dragon, uh, I was getting back to the uh, authentic representation and you'll notice that it doesn't, you know, unlike the Game of Thrones, I love that show, um, by the way, um, where it has like the West has the bat wings. These ones have fins and they reside in the water. Uh, the bigger the water, the more powerful the dragon. But they can travel, um, reside in the lakes and then take residence in the sky in the spring, especially the, the rainmaker. And they're made up of nine different animals. So they're very distinct. So this dragon, you can really see the body is like serpent-like. Hmm? And I want to pay homage to other cultures in East Asia that have variations. So you might find the Nagu, which is uh, like a reptilian or um, a large water snake. They, they have small ones. So instead in the mm-hmm. Chinese uh, animals, which are the rat, tiger, ox, sorry, rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, pig. And we'll go through that later, right? Go ahead. Those are the Chinese animals, but other East Asian cultures also celebrate a Lunar New Year, and they may have variations of these animals. And so I think in Nepal, they'll have um, a nega, or nega, which is like a reptilian or water snake. And there's a large one and a small one. Um, You can have variations like a crocodile. And there's other variations of other animals as well. But this dragon is, um, the dragon is not only associated with power and the emperor of, you know, dynasties, like emperors uh, adorned the dragon symbol because it was a symbol of power, authority, status. It was a sign of the emperor. And they each had five claws. Uh, so the, the dragon mm-hmm. with five claws symbolizes the emperor and only can the, could the emperor um, wear the dragon with five claws. There's such symbolism, and I know it's also the fifth animal, so I think that's yeah. part of it. There's a lot of play back and forth. Thank yes. you, Jen. We'll go yeah. for folks, as we go along, what you're saying, Jen, I think is so powerful to remember because this animal is the only mystical animal in the zodiac, and it's true, and I'm, I'm kind of joking. Well, there's one other I, one, the snake. So the dragon and the snake are a pair. The, but the one. snake is a snake. The snake, the dragon doesn't exist in this world. I mean, they have mystical oh, powers. Oh, yes, sorry. It, yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, pardon. That's because right. it, it is very, but there's reasons for that, and we'll go into that later because of the whole cycle of the timing and everything. And one other thing yeah. I wanted to mention is, unlike in the West, where you have the hero who has to slay the dragon. To, oh, yeah. You know, and that's like, a whole... Mm-hmm. Um, and those dragons, the West, they breathe fire. But this, the Asian dragons, they, they don't breathe fire. No, no. They can be of the fire, but it's a totally different... It's an energetic cycle. No, it is good yes. because I, I clearly see the... the and and 
there's a reason the dragons, well, let's go on and we'll, we'll support all that. That's, thank you so much. That's, I love the whole background of learning about what this animal is, a five claws. I never would have known that. Historically, just to give people an idea of the timeline, the Shang Oracle Bones are, in fact, they have a Shang era week that I noticed. It was like, it's not left back there. It's still pulled along with tradition, but it was 14th century BCE. It happens to collaborate with, later you'll see in Egypt, in King Tut's um, tomb, Aurora Boris that we think, and, that, and that's what I'm going to be referring to, not to get too mysterious here, but linking up this idea of the dragons with it. But the point being, as you had said in last year's talk or other talks I've heard you speak with, the Chinese, like all early, well, early peoples observed the sky. There weren't nightlights. I mean, those were the nightlights. <laughs> you know, that's what they did. And they needed it too for their uh, agriculture and for their the, the weather and every purpose of living. And, and, and so this is like a, generally speaking, um, many talks you've given have gone into this with great detail. And even last year's also, I keep referring to. So I'm, we're giving kind of an overview of, of the loony solar, but it does include the moon, which is a 29 and a half day month, not 31, and with the 365 day solar calendar. This lunar new year always begins on the second new moon after the solstice, which happens to be right now Aquarius. And it happened to be, as far as China's time, that's when officially everybody recognizes it, although you can still realize it's in your own world someplace else. Like here in Hawaii, it was on the 9th, but it's on the 10th of February, 2024. And it was at 20 degrees and 40 minutes, and that's everywhere, it doesn't matter. Did you and I just, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, oh, about the lunar calendar, I was at an event on Tuesday for an opening in downtown Toronto called Nature's Emporium, a shop set one York. Um, they've, they've just launched and they were celebrating uh, Lunar New Year. And I was the reader to give many readings and it was great. There was uh, somebody who came and when I asked for their birthday, they were like, do you mean the lunar calendar? Because they were, um, you know, that old, you know, because it's still very much used. In fact, when I go out shopping or to a restaurant that's, you know, a Chinese restaurant, like even a month or two ago, um, we have a grocery chain here, like a supermarket, Galleria. It's, 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 um, I think it's Korean, but that doesn't matter. Like it's Asian stuff. And so they were giving out the little calendars, it's right over on my fridge, maybe at the break, I'll show it to you. Um, And, you know, my grandmother would have it every year and that would follow the lunar calendar. And so I just wanted to mention that's why it's always on a different date. So, Oh yeah, because it's the new moon and the new moon changes. It, it, the moon is not the Gregorian calendar Mm -hmm. date. Absolutely. Yep. Good point. Here, whoops, there are, did I miss something? I think I did, darn. No, yes, I did. 
No, I didn't. <laughs> yes, no, thank you. <laughs> I sound I like that. Quickly mm-hmm. mention is that the the Chinese also um, they didn't use they knew about the apparent path of the sun, but they didn't project the planets onto it because the cradle of ancient civilization is like um, 49 degrees north or higher and in mountainous ranges. So that means that there's no clear view of the horizon. So unlike Mm. in Egypt and Greece, where it's like further south, you have a clear view of the horizon, you have your heliacal rising, and it's flat the river and the nile washes everything across and the mountains are up at the caucus mountains up north so they don't have a consistent solid view of the horizon so what they did is they looked upwards and the big dipper Mm. uh was an important uh celestial clock so to speak which is still so uh it's a very Mm. different unique system uh where they they were obsessive about watching the skies and there are arguments for agriculture and there is a story where you know there was an emperor that didn't um made a mistake or one of the officers made a mistake and that led to the downfall of their their reign and as a result um, you know, the em- the incoming emperor wasn't going to repeat that mistake and assigned, um, you know, it was like militant. Autocratic. Like There's one yeah. ruler at the top. And I think you're right. This is what really, if I may jump to the present, you remind me, we're in the age of Aquarius now in so many ways, and that'll come up too. It's a slow transition, but the ideal is, the teamwork, a collective more than the autocratic, but people had to function in that way. So, yeah, here we have the four pillars of destiny. Now this could get involved, but again, I'm trying to make an overview because we can get into more detail, but to study this, you better take Jen's class. I think it's coming up in April. (laughs) So, but there are four pillars. And from what I understand, the birth year, the month, the day, the hour. It's all systematic, but it's based on the pachi because that means characters, like the Chinese characters. You know, those are the words that they have. And it's a timing mechanism because, as you say, it's a huge country. It is mountain. It's beautiful. Some of the pictures, big, huge, great big mountains. It's astounding. So this was a technique. I was reading was 2700 BC. That's a long time ago. That that parallels with back to um, Mesopotamia too. Not quite, but close, right? Or in there, all in the same time. So it was like how to record. It was their. It was like the calendar. So what it is is that there are they call them stems and branches. Makes sense. Life's a tree. And you know, <laughs> and the the and there are these five elements rather than the four that our astrology thinks of, but they go in a systematic. And if they go one way, they create; the other way, they destroy. And I've got wheels just coming up. This is developmental transformation, which everybody knows. I mean, when I say everybody, all great philosophies or the metaphysical study, but they have different ways of expressing it. 
And the other word that I'm um, it's coming to mind is it's an alchemical property. Mm, I love that. And, and so you're right. It's very, it's not it's static. Very, it's oh, oh yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. And oh, what was I going to say? Yeah. The, in the West, they refer to the planets as wandering stars. Yes, that is what planet means. Right, because the fixed stars were stars and they just... Exactly, and these other things were like moving around. Right. Now, in in the translation of the Wu Jing, which are the five elements that are translated, but the character actually, um, you know, just like in any language, you have words that are contextual, so you can say... Um, you know, you can have words that have context in English. I can't think of it, but say like in more religious settings or in a subject specific, but they mm-hmm. mean a different thing in a different, you know, social context. Maybe I can't Absolutely. think of an English word. Right well, there's now. slang. Like for instance, in high school, we usually, oh, that's bad. And that meant it's really good. <laughs> right. But I guess like the word um, profit, for example, I mean, we don't really mm-hmm. use profit in, daily language but if there was a word that had its own specific meaning in a religious context but then out of the religious context it would mean something else okay similarly in in the metaphysics the characters that for people who could read chinese if they don't know the metaphysical representation, they just think, oh, this is like, like the right. characters for the heavenly stems, they just mean A, B, C, D. Like it's just exactly. a great There isn't any steps of association. It, I appreciate right. what you're saying, Jen. I felt often, that's why I love mythology because it's so true. We have in our daily life icons that everybody knows what that like you say, has context. There's just a simple representation, but we've lost that story. And and we need to learn how things are spoken and what it means, because you're right. The depth is just, For I example, I guess pontificate. But what I was just going to close up that idea was that for the, the character that represents the element in non-metaphysical, it just means like, travel or transient like change oh good so to literally translate you know five uh wu jing or is like five transients or the five transformations or the five phases or five states but these states Mm. are not static thank you that is very good so it's interesting of like the planets are the five wandering stars and i don't want to miss um misrepresent because no, the, five the elements are not the stars but mm. there are five transients in the chi- in the metaphysical system numbers are it, it's interesting links here we have and i got this from chinahighlights.com give him credit it is a, you can refer back to this, but this shows both directions. And the next ones will just show either going constructively in growth, well, constructive, but in growth or the decline of the, the breakdown, the overcoming. So, and they all, they, 
you can begin with any particular one, but it's going to go all that way. So let's go on to the next, which will give, whoops, too far. This is the Wu Ching that you were mentioning of the five actions of five elements. It's generating. That's from what I pick up that it means. So here you go. It's, and this little cycle shows that why, because when fuels, builds, contains, carries, or feeds, right? Well, one feeds or another relationship word is it's the parent. So wood oh. is the parent to fire because it it creates, it's, it generates, oh, right? Boy. When you're a parent, you, you're, mm-hmm. the child is the genesis. So fire is the oh. genesis of wood. So what is the next one? Because this one is Wu Ching, which is overcoming. So who are we then? So we know that we all life derives from the sun and we cannot have life we cannot have life without decay. So this is the the so if we think of genesis or life as increasing then this is the decreasing. Beautiful. And besides the leaves fall and they make compost and little seedlings come up. I I'm very I understand. So it, it's a beautiful system of the plus, like Cali, create and destroy, create and destroy. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. so synergetic. Yeah. And if I, can, uh-huh. if I may, that you mentioned Cali, uh, we, from what I understand, we are in the age of the Cali Yuga. And Ooh. the uh, ancient Chinese metaphysics, they have uh, an era which is um, something like, I'm not, don't quote me on this exact number, but somewhere in the magnitude of like 10,800 years, something like that. And so each animal character represents one of these eras. And there are 12 of these. So 12 times, you know, 10,800 10, is one section. And there's many. So basically, because we have 12 the first six are of, of, of an upper heaven. And then this, the following six, so from rat to uh, rat to snake is the upper heaven. And then goat, horse, and uh, to pig is the lower heaven. And they say that we are in between one of these 10,800 years between the um, horse and the goat and then after the goat will come monkey and it said that in that period um it won't be good for mankind you know jen i study the dwarf planets and set with alan clay and i they, you have to just like all studies really absorb and associate and, and with sedna which is well, the furthest out that we're is our soul's destiny has an eleven thousand four hundred year cycle, which is right close. The last time it was the closest to the to Earth was back in the Neolithic age when the ice cap was when the ice when the glaciers were melting, and when humanity started their whole the building towards their nomadic agriculture and then going forward 
Because if you look back half time between now and then, that was when civilization started you know, 5,000 years ago. And the closest it's going to return is in 2076. It has a very elliptical orbit. I mean, extremely elliptical. So that in its greater, in Scorpio, it stays for 1,500 years. Whereas in Taurus, which it just finished, is 50 years. In Aries, which I was born in, was 100 years. Now, as of this April 27th, it's going into Gemini for the next 100 years. Talk you know, about so it, extremes, eh? Can't yeah, decide uh, how long you're going to... Well, I'm associating it and we do have a break that I'm just toggling into that, that it, this really corresponds in supports this whole idea because it will be in cancer. Then it's, there's a lot on the line. There's a lot on the line right now for humanity. And I'm hoping that with Aquarius and this wonderful wood dragon, that people will take the courage to be their initiator. And we'll find out when we get back how how being a wood dragon this year could maybe help us move forward at least. Take leadership. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'll be right back with Jen Ng about 2024 wood dragons. Take care. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom. Just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards, as a fixed air sign represented by the water bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 18th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me and talk with your animals or human loved ones on this side or the other and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. Hope you can join us and plan to call in with your questions for either one of us or for a personal reading with Natasha. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. And to find out about upcoming programs, sign up for the newsletter at TalkCosmos.com. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. 
Hi again. This is great to get back. And this is our half break. We'll go back for the missing slide. But Jen, and for people that want to get a hold of her, it's at jeningress.com. And I know you've had, this is your fourth talk just in a series. So I wrote them down. There was NCGR Las Vegas Stargazers. And there's a link here. It's And Stargazers is also on Facebook. With Carol Dimitrov as the president. I love her, Carol. Oh, wonderful, Carol. And also used to be with OPA a great deal, helping them with the same. Anyway, and Atlantic Professional Astrologers, which I believe is up there in Toronto, I would think. And then ESAR, which you did earlier today, uh, which is going to be on, you can tell, on their YouTube, I think. Sorry, NCGR, NCGR. With um, the ISAR was December the 26th on the lots. Oh, so I missed that. Okay, so it no was. Worries. I have that wrong. Okay, so it was NCGR, a different chapter, and, that, and you can talk about that. And then today, and folks, you can go back to last year too. So tell me what else is happening. I understand you have classes and another. Yeah, speaker. so I'm teaching in the middle of teaching part one and part two of Bat G. And then that's going to wrap up in about a, a few weeks and classes will open March, end of March or mid-March. Right around the at, equinox. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the International Academy of Astrology. Okay. So you can enroll there as well. And then you have a speech with the Scottish astrologers, I believe, coming up yes. in April. In in March March tenth, uh, the next new moon. So I'm very excited about that, and that will be two parts, and that will link the animals to the 28 lunar mansions as well, and go in deeper with some history and calendars and a bit of feng shui and um, the other. Uh, system called Ziwe Doshi, which is Emperor Star or Purple Star Astrology. Oh, super. And that one's Let's, closest. Sorry, that one's closest to it has 12 palaces. Unlike okay. Yeah. Well, that, that'll be exciting. Let's, we have some time here to hopefully go through this, some of this information. But I found it so valuable uh, learning about the mythology of the stories associated. And I know it can get really involved with the emperor, but still just as the Jade story about how the Zodiac happened pertaining to the dragon itself. So I, you know, you can, because then I have some thoughts. I think it really associates how the dragon is really suited for this particular Aquarian period of time that we're in. You want to tell that story? Yeah. So like we were saying, Definitely. As we were talking about in the first half, how the dragon is benevolent and uh, seen as a seen as a helper. There are different mythology stories that il- that um, illustrate this, and one of them is how the twelve animals found their place in the zodiac. And the story goes, the Jade Emperor, which would be Buddha or the August Emperor, basically equivalent of uh, 
you know, the creator. Yes. Resided in, in the celestial skies and wanted to create a 12-year a calendar and wanted to honor each animal with a spot. But since there was only 12, he wanted to hold a race. And all the upon hearing this announcement, all the animals were really excited. And at that time, cat and rat were best friends. And I know it's hard to imagine today because, you know, if you have cats, they're usually pretty good mousers. So anyway, at that time, they were good friends. And both of them knowing that they're not good swimmers. Now, because part of the last leg of the race is to cross this this river. Yes. River bay. Mostly. That's so true. Mostly. Let's get to. Um, oh, you wanted to talk about I just the want. Day. Yes. Oh, okay. just the, I, I wasn't sure. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. Yes. I know. So, and anyway, you asked me to kind so, of prompt a little because we don't have a whole lot of time. Again. So, so the dragon is the fifth animal. And when it arrived fifth, everybody was surprised because the dragon can fly. And so the dragon explained, well, on its way, there was a crisis in the village and the dragon stopped to help the villagers. And then after helping the villagers, Crossing saw the rabbit was hopping across to get to the finish line hopping across the stones and slipped and fell and but managed to cling to a log and seeing that dragon gave a little puff of smoke and helped rabbit get to the shore so there's the helping nature of the dragon it is and so therefore rabbit is four and dragon Dragon. is five which is comes along with the five claws that i'm now learning about and immediately remembering that, and, mm-hmm, go ahead. And sorry, five five elements. Oh yes, yes. But yeah, the very so fact, a, this, yeah. it seems like an auspicious time. We may as well grab the time right now of this year. Here it is, always an Aquarius new moon that begins any lunar new year. However, Pluto just entered it on the twentieth, twenty first. And for the next 20 years, except for September and October. And it's that whole concept of helping with the teamwork and and looking to improve and help people. I think it's such a great part of the story. The other thing with Dragon is about transformation and change and power and creativity. And I was talking to Justin L.C. Crockett, who is also on the your show often and he does numerology and from what i understand five is also a creative cycle it is because you have stability and it's the foundation the material and then you the intuition the the world and then that changes things that that is exactly what transformation is i love that thank you for bringing it up there is this story not to go i'll just mention it a little bit that I know of because there'd been a terrible drought and the dragons helped and made lakes and they gave water. But then that wasn't, you know, you, you have to go along with the uh, higher ups as far as the divinity and they got punished. But the punishment really was that they are now holders of the rivers. So that's a, in a, that's a very quick synopsis, but that really does support the idea that they always protect waters. Yes. Yeah, basically, they 
asked the emperor to help on behalf of the humans who were suffering from the drought. So that's another character of the benevolence of the dragon saying, oh, let's go ask the the emperor, the, the celestial emperor for help because, of course, he would have power to bring rain. And so the story goes that the emperor said yes, but really wasn't sincere and actually didn't bring rain. And so the dragon saw that the villages were still suffering from this drought. They didn't have their rice. They didn't have their grains because it was just drought. So the dragons said, well, you know what? We live in the waters. Let's just stir up the water and we'll, we'll bring the rain. Oh, and so basically, and there's this Confucius philosophy behind that because the Chinese uh, spiritual philosophy has is made up of three. The Taoism, uh, Confucianism, they kind of came at the same time, and then Buddhism, which was from India. And so the Confucius is very patriarchal, and it's all about authority and, and your place in society. And the, you know, the society is successful if everybody obeys those they report to, and it, it just goes up the chain. So basically, the dragons did not get permission. Oh, that's a no-no. Um, so they were going to be punished. Um, the Jade Emperor called on the mountain god to punish them, basically wanted the mountain god to take a, a mountain, plunk them, plunk it on each dragon, which would be like, prison and so what the dragons did is they decided to transform themselves into the rivers that they would forever be the helpers of humankind so that's another connection to the waters and the rivers as well as their sacrifice turning themselves into rivers and um, that mythology also explains the rivers of china the main um, tributaries of of the you know Yangtze and uh, the Yellow River and two other ones. I think you're muted. Are you muted, Sue? I am. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you in every direction. Thank you. That is really very profound of, of good thinking. And you know, really, when it comes Saturn by itself in, in Greek mythology, of course, it was long time of it of roles roles were set and it helped with unknown factors and, and so it's very fascinating and wonderful to see that this is part of nature this is part of humanity and going back how far it had to be in order to move from nature which is forces that we don't have to constructing our own forces to build houses that weren't you you weren't eaten by a tiger <laughs> Yeah, I think we're so privileged in first world uh, standards. I'm not saying that we can't have, uh, you know, poverty. Well, you definitely don't have to look far, just look in your own backyard. But just the standard first world standards that we expect of um, the first world countries that we live in, that we can be, we are, you know, so removed uh, from being at the mercy of nature. True. Right, there you go. Have, Unless there's a disaster, right? Well, did the we Yang, find out two years ago? Yeah, yeah, right. And yeah, 
The Yangwood dragon, and we'll just sort of cover this, have many, it's most celebrated, powerful, intelligent, charismatic, uh, dynamic, creative, willful. They're lucky, great success, leaders, and transformative. So if we go into the wood dragon, just looking at Jupiter, which is that 12-year cycle, and also of the growth of generative, and then also of the weakness, which is create and destroy, which is part of life, whether it's a tree in the leaves or anything, um, Jupiter, and then also thinking here, I related back to the Grand Conjunction, which was December 21st in 2020, that shifted this 200-year cycle where these two social reset buttons, you might say, of Jupiter expanding and Saturn contracting. And it's like a snake. You know, I think Gemini Brett talks about, or no, it's, it's Rick Levine, people all this conversation yeah. about well, the bending of the nodes, right? The, the, yes, the, and a snake, yeah. and a snake moves like this, and the sinusoidal, the sinusoidal, cyclic, periodic. Exactly. And here, you brought this gorgeous picture. I'm so glad that these are very ancient uh, artifacts, but they are both jade. One is white, and one is green. And it, to me, this C part really comes up with, and I'll jump further to it, which is the Aurora Boris, which is this eternal cycle of destruction. We'll go back and forth, destruction and rebirth. And the, the web, the dictionary says it is where it's a snake or a dragon. And we're talking if, ancient, yes. ancient. Mm -hmm. if, if I could also quickly, for those who share uh a, a, a heritage um the if we go back to the previous slide the yeah, white sure. one um so they're yes. from like china has many different cultures and ethnicities but the main language is mandarin and my heritage is cantonese which is a southern province because china has many provinces like U.S. has states and Canada has provinces, et cetera. But Do they the, have five, I think? Uh, I, I can't. I oh, okay, that's all right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, then it's more. Uh, okay, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Um, but the the one on the white is of the um, Lingnan culture, and that is includes um, my heritage, Cantonese people, like Hong Kong, Macau, as well as Hakka, Taishanese, Hainese, um, Tenka. Uh, there, it's 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 of the Guangdong mm. and Guangxi region. And then the other one is of the Longsheng, uh, Longsheng uh, heritage, and that is like um, Neolithic, like thousands of years. Wow. And so you can see that the dragon image that we opened our podcast with, this is a lot more simp simpler uh, because yes. uh, we didn't mention it. I didn't mention it, but there can be scaly dragons as well as smooth dragons. And it looks like this one on the sea. I mean, I feel like I want to have it as a bracelet. I mean, I'd be like a really rare mm. artifact. You know, you know actually, if I go into uh, mythology, the scales and the ocean, the fact that we came, we know Darwin, we came out of the ocean. We know even recently that, that 
fissures of volcanic into the ocean is where the birth, you know, the heat and the water and all of that. And but the point is that we the sea goat for Capricorn was a, not Ooh. just a goat, but a sea goat. It was a fish with yes. a fish tail, and then yes. it dropped it. Yes. And what I'm getting at is just the unity of all this consciousness. And, and, and I just mm-hmm. quickly that this has been described as being in a fetal shape, and the oh. gestation is nine. So that ties with the nine of that as the dragon, because the dragon is made up of nine different animals. Ah, so and there are not. There's I, I think eight kind of dragons. But. Well, that would make, that's interesting, plus, eight. Plus There's the eight emperor. characters. Yes, plus the emperor. And the other thing is hmm. with the dragon story, with the drought, that there is a um, long, long ma, um, uh, sorry, a long wong, which is dragon king. And he's like the first recognized historical emperor and the Chinese people think of what were descendants of this. This, yes, this of, I was reading yeah. of, that they're all dragons. But you know what? That is the same with if you go tra- into what I'm you're saying talking is to the dragon, a dragon. Yes, lady. <laughs> just kidding. Right? No, I it, got well, genes. <laughs> but you know what? That's I'm I'm not dismissing anything. I'm just augmenting. And no, no, I wasn't I'm because no, no, no. Because what I'm saying is, is that. With like I'm reading the Odyssey with Jason. Oh yeah, and there it's all about the mythology. But and the point being that again and again in the mythology, people are descendants of Zeus. They're descendants of the gods. So we all descendants of somebody. Well, humanity sees this as, in my way of thinking, I'll try to spit this out because I want to keep roaring on. But you know. Okay, we have our nuns, we have our people in the go to ashrams and wherever it is, however it is, there's a mystic, there's people that devout or devout every day, you know, with their sense of what uh, their piety or their divinity is. And But the point is, is that, and everybody is, hopefully, I'm making some generalizations, is the point being that if a person gets very astutely interconnected with some grand... Um, like a guru, you know, they've said you've got to go into life. But the point is, it's like you've married into that consciousness and therefore you are that. You know what I'm saying? That's so I I think it's interesting to Oh, and the last thing I wanted to connect is Mm -hmm. that nine month and that gestation. Doesn't that relate to creativity and rebirth and transformation? Yeah, a wise is. a wise uh, friend once said in a discussion about time travel, and they said, you know, being a you know giving birth like that's time travel. Oh, hey, like that's like, a new dimension. Wow. Well, Draco also. To go, we're gonna we only have about four minutes here. Draco the dragon is the dragon constellation, and it's at the top in the northern hemisphere, but yes, it circles the north stars and yes. earth here is in this galaxy our galaxy is going yeah. north towards vega which yes. will be yes. so that whole idea yep. and then here it shows this is for people to yeah. look at at undulating up oh. and down because the nodes are just intersections yeah, as the what nodes means the meeting point between the luminary 
paths, elliptic paths. And so it's sort of, it's just fascinating how the ancients understood all this and saw it that way, but they weren't there. These are dates for people. We're going to get to a chart in a moment. And just for people to know that it was every 60 years is that whole cycle. So it was uh, 1964, yeah, that's when the Vietnam War was going on. And there was yeah. the Boston Strangler and uh, Liz Taylor and Richard Burton got married. Whew. Well, they, they were they were married before. Uh, it was like an Angelina Brad Pitt thing. Yes. The good, bad, and the ugly. Not to undermine any of it. That's all so powerful that it would take a long time. But Civil on. Rights of 1964 oh, also. I lived all Martin through. Luther King I, 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 got the yes. Nobel Peace Prize. Yes. Oh, that's a very powerful. He changed, he, he changed consciousness. Look at Aquarius, and that's what we can do. People, if we can get the courage, these are just references. We're not going to go through them, but people can go back through and see when all the zodiacs were. Right now, there is some emphasis of how this Aquarian is working. And with we're having Pluto in air sign. Jupiter is coming up in May. And it's teamwork, it's communications, it's expansive. And also it relates so much to the Chinese characters because of the 12 earthly branches. It's the Jupiter orbital cycle. So I thought there's, it, it's and going I to. Just mm -hmm. wanted to quickly, you asked me to bring the calendar. So I'll just quickly oh. show a little, oh, wait, do I? There, no, I can't. Yes, there, there it is, is right yeah. in front of you. And it's customary because this means good luck that you'll see people hanging them upside down because we want the luck to pour into us. Oh, just the opposite of a horseshoe. Yes. I love Yeah, that. so when you see it hanging upside down, it's the, we'll hang it upside down on our window or above our door so the wealth pours in. <laughs> Isn't that a gorgeous idea? I, I'm so glad. And you can Here see is our, yeah. The chart does show that Interestingly, without going into more of it, because this just happens to be in D.C., it could be anywhere in the world, but there's a sextile that's a harmonious flow between those two expansions and contractions between Jupiter and, and uh, Saturn, meaning we have a chance to really refine and put in a vessel all our great visions of change that we want to do. It's on some I'm level, praying, it's very hopeful. I'm praying for the environment and the, the animals. And... Go oh, absolutely. Pray. Yes, I did. And then here is more of this. So thank you. Gee, Jen, we have a couple of seconds. Oh, I'm empowered. I love hearing you with all your associations. It gives such a depth. You know, where the globe is getting, the consciousness is getting closer. Good. Thank you so much, Sue. Yeah. Well, I, I can't say it. Say it again for people. Happy New Year. Oh, in Cantonese is Gong Hei Fa Choi. Ah, yes. Okay. Or as I like to uh, joke on TV, they go, Come Hei Fat Choi. That's what I've kind of heard. And I don't did forgot my glasses, so. I'm just kidding. Love to everybody. Have a good, good year. 
Thank you for joining an insightful conversation on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests awaken consciousness by connecting soul growth patterns with astrology's energetic cycles. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.